Welcome back to the Everything is Lessons podcast, an inventory of wisdom. I'm your host, Ryan Curlbaum, and this week we have two very special guests. That's right, two. (laughs) Our first couple show, Tyler and Alyssa Thompson. Alyssa is a dear friend who is thoughtful, funny, loving, and driven. Tyler is equally funny and is also an avid Carolina fan, a Virginia Tech alum, a talented architect, a father, and a stroke survivor. Kelly and I have known these two since we moved to Boston shortly after 2011, and for almost 10 years, we've become family to one another. Of course, friends like these, you know, have you find you have a lot in common with them. I guess all great friends do. We love pop music and dancing, laughing, and endless sarcasm. The Thompsons are, are simply the, the couple that you meet and you want to hang out with the next night. They are good people with strong hearts and hopeful spirits. In January of 2019, Tyler and Alyssa went to run a morning errand when Tyler suffered a massive stroke. For a time, we were not sure if Tyler would make it. It was that serious. For weeks, Tyler fought and fought, endless days and nights in hospitals and rehab. But the most amazing thing happened. This beautiful groundswell of people came around them with love and support, generosity and encouragement, unlike I've ever seen. Former NBA players, college coaches, friends, relatives, friends of friends, friends of friends of friends, all coming together to raise enough money that would begin to offset Tyler's lost salary. A beautiful act of humanity. Of course, that's not the end of their story. Really, only the new beginning. Tyler and Alyssa live with their son Arlo in Waltham. They have found their new life together to be a series of continuous adjustments. However, Tyler's recovery and Alyssa's strength continue to remind us all that with the power of community, anything is possible. There are certainly hard days and difficult ones, but Tyler and Alyssa continue to flourish and find hope and belief, not only because they are courageous and brave people, but because of the support of their neighbors, their family, and their friends all around them. Here is Tyler and Alyssa Thompson and their lessons, Ask for Help and Lend a Hand. Let's see what they can teach us. Here we go. Tyler and Alyssa Thompson, how are you guys doing? So good. <laughs> good. So, so thankful you guys uh, made some time to be on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for inviting us. The first couple pioneers. Mm. I know. I said this is our first ever couple cast. Couple and I just want, I want to see if that'll catch fire on the. Like it. I don't, I don't think it's going to work, but. I was always told I have a face for radio. So this is super. <laughs> I feel like That's what I tell people. It's like, Brian, why don't you ever show the videos? I'm like, mm, face for radio. Um, but I think it's such a good time to to spend some time and talk. And uh, thank you for carving it out. I know you guys are both busy. Um, but I was just feeling like this is a is such a a kind of hopeful season we're entering into. Mm-hmm. It feels like a lot of people are getting vaccinated. We don't have to wear masks everywhere anymore. Uh, it just feels like it renewed. Uh, optimism. So I'm, I'm excited to have you guys on. Thank you. Um, We're excited to see you and hear you. And hear you. Um, you know, what, what's radio been really fun is for radio. <laughs> you have a face for the big screen. <laughs> for the big screen. All right, I'll keep that in. No more jokes like that, though. Uh, <laughs> so what's what's been really great um, about doing these is that you think about like all the people who are really important to you um, are really close to you. And, you know, and, and you start thinking back, like when we first met and, and, and in our case, 
we met like I think at one of Tyler's house parties before when you guys were on um what was that street? Ivalu. Ivalu, of course. And we met one of those, but it's house party. That's right. That's right. But I think it was it was that it was that friend or it was a uh, Lauren Tim's wedding that we really cemented the friendship on the dance floor. Do you guys remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's when we knew this was like for real. For real. <laughs> for real. I was just wondering, like when we were dancing to Love Shack or <clears throat> I Wanna Dance with Somebody or whatever the song was, did you just know like that was we were going to be really good friends. We were going to be friends for a decade now. That was that was the moment. Yeah, I mean, I think that's how we always know where we where people stand with us is like, can they get down and boogie? Because <laughs> that turns out the curl bombs can boogie. It turns out the curl bombs can boogie, and and here we are. <laughs> well, and I think I think what's so cool is that ever since that dance war. Um, <laughs> we've been kind of interwoven into each other's lives in kind of amazing ways ever since. And um, I know you guys quite well, but maybe not everyone uh, who listens uh, may know you. So I always like to write something in the beginning uh, to introduce you guys to a, to a broader audience. Uh, so I wrote this in the introduction. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> they have found their life together to be a series of continuous adjustments. However, Tyler's recovery and Alyssa's strength continue to remind us all that with a powerful community, anything is possible. They are certainly, there are certainly hard days and difficulties, but Tyler and Alyssa continue to flourish and find hope and belief, not only because they are courageous and they are brave, but because of the support of their neighbors, their family, and their friends around them. And so I wrote that as a way for people to, to get to know you, but but I always like to, to hear kind of your side of it. And I always like to ask just both of you, how did you both end up here in Boston, Massachusetts? Um, well, Ryan, about 35 years ago now. Um, <laughs> well, we met uh, 10 years ago in Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up an hour south of here. And uh, how did you end up in Boston, Tyler, geographically speaking? Are you asking for you or are you asking for Ryan? For us. I moved here for a job. Well, not for a job, but I moved here to find a job because after graduating from Virginia Tech, Mm -hmm. I moved back to North Carolina where I lived for approximately six months before realizing that it was just a little too small for me. Mm-hmm. So I needed a bigger city. Mm-hmm. And I had a good friend in Boston already. Two good mm-hmm. friends, actually. So I knew moving here wouldn't be like too far down the path of discomfort or, mm-hmm. you know, too far into this like field of the unknown. Sure. We got some support already. Right. So um, I think I actually moved here. Did I accept a job before moving here? Surely I did. Mm-hmm. I moved here and like lived here for about a month or two before starting my office, starting my job. And the job then was in the Seaport District, which I, where I still work now, but mm-hmm. it was a much smaller office. And I started on. Oh, you're going to remember the date. Yeah, we don't need to get. You don't need to get. <laughs> do you know what do I need yeah, to go into? I don't think no, no, no. one cares about the date that you started. There was a bagel, base, bagel in the basement. Just picture it. Just picture it. Yeah, take, take me on a journey. So so then you 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 both, you know, Alyssa, you, you were from here, basically. Um, and Tyler, you moved here. And then. You both met about what you said 10 years ago, and and then what happened? The rest is history. We uh, we moved in together after, like, no time. It was, like, yeah, seven, entirely seven too months. Soon. Entirely too soon. Um, a <laughs> uh, little place on Ivalu Street in Somerville, and then um, and then got married in 2015. I don't know if you know this, Ryan, but you married us. <laughs> I, t- I, I was going to mention that, yes. 
<laughs> and your lovely wife was a bridesmaid. Um, and then, and then we, I don't know, a couple of years later got pregnant and then had Arlo in January of 2018. And then, um, and then life got real intense real quick <laughs> soon after he was born, we ended up, um, looking for a condo to buy. Um, and then as we were starting to search, I started experiencing really awful back pain mm-hmm. and, um, come to find out, I didn't know I had osteopenia and a crazy, um, perfect storm caused my vertebrae to just crumble basically one after another. So I had ended up with nine compression fractures, um, and a three month old that I couldn't lift or carry myself as we were buying a condo um, and moving. Yeah, I don't recommend moving with a five month old. Waltham. And so that, I mean, right. So that's, that's where I think for anyone having a kid, you immediately realize the importance of, of your village and needing help. Um, mm-hmm. But then to add this layer on to, you know, the the one of the primary caregivers not even actually being able to um, be alone with, you know, with her baby, right. you know, because I couldn't do anything with him. I could barely even walk. Um, that will, yeah, that gives you a real quick reality check into how important it is to um, ask for help. Mm. <laughs> Which is my lesson. <laughs> did I did I jump the gun on that? <laughs> it's okay. It's quite all right. Um, what's that's um, yes, that's that's all an amazing set of circumstances. And then and then, can you talk a little bit about uh, January of 2019? Yeah. Do you want to take Oof. over, or do you want me to start it? I think we should tag team it. Okay. I mean, so we moved into the new condo in. Mm. It was like June of 2018, so it was like 20, six yeah, months so, later. Right, so Arlo was like five months old, and it was great for the first. Yeah. What? Six. Several months. months. I was getting stronger. I could start to, you know, lift him a little bit. Um, I'll never forget when you called me to tell me that you carried him into daycare. Oh yeah. Back. Yeah, I carried him into daycare for the first time. And I swear he patted me on the back. He was like six months old, but it was like he was like, you know, you got this, mama. Um, so yeah, things were great for a while, and then that fateful January day. <laughs> so I was off work for Martin Luther King Day, and since we had it off, when we had some errands to run. Mm-hmm. We actually were going to Home Depot to pick up a part for the dryer, yeah, right? right? So I'd gone out early to start the car and clear the snow and ice because January in Boston, mm-hmm. snow and ice everywhere. So clearing snow and ice off the car. And I don't remember it taking like an extremely long time, but Alyssa came out after a while. and No, you texted me that it was oh, yeah, clear, yeah. but the text didn't really make too much sense it, i saw the photo that i texted you and i remember what yeah. i texted the letters were just like all jarbled but i is that a word i don't even know but i figured it was just like cold and he was just trying to quick you know like just let me know like i basically couldn't even figure out how to get the defrost to work yeah yeah in the car so i came out with arlo started to put him in the car seat and tyler i could was trying to kind of play with with arlo with like a blanket um but i could tell he didn't sound right and um looked up at him and half of his face was drooping and he had drool falling down onto his chest. And so I obviously knew immediately that something was wrong. Um, Objection. So I, what's up? I don't believe I was drooling. Oh, you were, you were drooling. <laughs> um, that's fact. Um, so I asked him if he could get up and out of the car and he couldn't. Could not. Because he couldn't move the less out of his body. Mm-hmm. So I actually called our upstairs neighbor first to take Arlo. He was one year old. Hope the police don't listen to this. No, no, I did the right thing. Uh, I needed him out of the picture and safe in a way. And then I called, or maybe I called 911 first and then up my upstairs neighbor. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, And so they took him, yeah, took him to Newton Wellesley, trying to figure out if he had some kind of seizure or a a nearby hospital. 
And um, yeah, and then took him to Mass General. A bigger hospital. Yeah, one of the best hospitals. Um, and I mean, honestly, you might know better like what that what that like first couple days was like than me. But um, what happened was that he had a uh, dissection of his right carotid artery. Um, and two days before, um, from a intense, really intense workout. Um, yeah, who would have thought? I know. And had, had a severe headache, but no one, we just didn't understand that that's what was yeah, happening. Right. That's what the dissection was. And then two days later, the blood clot, um, I think, you know, broke off from that artery and shot up into his brain. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a pretty major stroke. Mm -hmm. um, and he was in at Mass General for, I think, like 12 days, 12 or 13 days, and then Spalding Rehab in Charlestown for seven more weeks after that, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. And there you are. And, Good times. Yeah, and then a year after that, the pandemic starts. Right, right. <laughs> Um, and here we are. <laughs> well, if we get back up a little bit, when I got released from Spalding, you know, getting me reintegrated into oh, like, yeah. life at home was extremely challenging. Mm -hmm. you no. Know, yeah. Rebuilding my relationship with Arlo when yeah. I've been gone from his life for so long. Right. I mean, two months in the life of a two-year-old oh, yeah. is. You were like a stranger. Once. Yeah. Yeah. And I left and I was like totally, I was in the best shape of my life when I had the stroke and then come back and I'm in a wheelchair and, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes walking with a cane. I had a mustache because I couldn't shave in the <laughs> hospital. Mm -hmm. I wore glasses because the stroke ruined my vision. Mm -hmm. So I was just a total stranger to him. And that broke my heart. Yeah. 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 But we're better. <laughs> But you're here, and I think I think the, the beautiful thing about um, what we're going to talk about today is that you've gone through something so intense. Not only, I mean, the, Alyssa, your back situation would be more than enough, right? But then it's the moving, it's the raising a kid, it's, and then it's this kind of unforeseeable thing that you never could have seen coming. Yeah. Um, but what I what I love about you guys is that. Um, you have learned something amazing through that and it's not to say it's easy by any means um but it, it's to say that you have kind of embraced the lesson so I, i'm really thankful you guys could share that with us um so i wondered if you could just share the the two the two lessons we get two today uh the the two lessons you're talking about today and and why those lessons are important to you i think it makes sense for me to go first right since it's sure yeah um, so my lesson, as I sort of already uh, said, is um, my lesson is ask for help. Um, I think that's over the past three years just been my MO in some ways. And I think um, I got I've gotten pretty comfortable with it. And mm -hmm. I think what's interesting is that since the pandemic started, I feel like more people have become comfortable with it and especially mm -hmm. at the time when it's so hard to get um and because i think that it's just been brought to light so much more with how um how limiting like this world can be when you don't have access to your friends and family and you know basic childcare needs or you know whatever the case may be so um that that lesson for me has just been critical for, for like our survival, you know, like quite literally, like we would not have survived the past three years if we didn't have a community of people around us to take care of everything for us. Um, so right. that's my, that's my big one. Mm. Yeah. And my, the lesson I've learned or continue to learn really is lend a hand when you can. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's not even always physical because the stroke took the use of one of my hands away. Right. So I'm handicapped and thank God Alyssa's not asking me for too much help. 
because I'm often unable to follow through with it. I mean, that's not true. I hope <laughs> you're doing your best. Yeah. But, um, no, she was saying, um, like, we literally would not be here, be here if it weren't for our friends and like, well, the friends who have become family that we relied on for nearly everything day to day. Mm. It's just huge. Yeah. For our family. yeah. I think it's wanting to pay that forward, you know, like flip the coin and realizing how valuable that's been for us wanting to try to help others however we can, whether it's like um, just being a listening ear, you know, like which I think Tyler's been really good at or yeah. trying to, you know, jump in and drop off groceries or whatever it is that people need to make things yeah. easier. Yeah. And Alyssa, you said something there that, um, I mean, I really love how interconnected these two things are. So I think it's going to be really interesting to talk about that. And one thing, let's say you were talking about in the ask for help was that you think, you know, people have become more comfortable with it and the pandemic has kind of drawn that out of people. Um, because typically it seems like asking for help is, is requires just so much vulnerability. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It, it just, it's such an important thing to do, but you know, asking for help is maybe at the best it's viewed as, um, I don't know, at, at the best it would be like uncomfortable um, or awkward, but maybe at worst it feels like you are actually weak and you're incapable yeah. of doing it yourself. So I wondered from your experience, why, why do you think it's so hard for people to open up and to ask for help? I think there's there's like probably some, you know, pride stuff going on and and um like you've said, you know, not wanting to show that you're weak or that you can't handle it yourself, like that um there's guilt there that like you've failed. Mm. But I think it's also like a reluctance to like feel like you're transferring the burden over. Oh, yeah. You know, that, like like I'm making my issue your issue. Mm. And that I want you to, you know, like I want you to solve my problems for me. Um, but like you just said, I think in the end, it's really like a sign of strength that like you are recognizing, like, I cannot possibly do this by myself. Mm. Um, and like, what are we, if we don't have people we can count on, like when, what's the point, you know, like if, if we don't have people that we can lean on and then therefore feel like we can jump to their side when they need to lean on us, you know, I feel like that's that's sort of the whole point of us all doing this thing. <laughs> exactly. Well, and it's so interesting that like, if our friends reached out to us and asked for help, we would drop everything and do it for them. We've talked about that in a couple of um, shows on this, on this podcast, but, but it's so funny that when we ask for help, we just think it is such an inconvenience to people. Like what, what else are friends for other than to be right. there for you? you well, know? because I think we also like, you know, we, at least in our group of friends, we we have in-depth conversations about what what is hard in life. And the last thing you want to do is like knowing that someone's going through their own battles, like add to their plate. Um, yeah. But when you when you yeah, when you turn, you know, turn it on yourself and realize like. I would want to help. I want to help my friends like I want to make their life easier. It doesn't feel like a, a burden to me when I can you know, just extend like someone delivery and know that their dinner's covered and they didn't have to think about it. Like that right. makes me feel good. It's sort of like, there's no selfless act. Like it makes me feel good when I've, I've made someone happy. I thought yeah. I had a on that. You have a copyright on it? I thought so. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> What's mine is yours. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's hard to to recognize that the same things you would do for others, people want to do for you and to exactly. embrace that and, um, and take advantage of it. You know, people want help. They just don't always know how. So if you just tell them how you need help, then everybody wins. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That is so true though. I, I think, you know, and, and I was thinking about, it, I say this at the, you know, I prepared some for the end, but you know, I, I think by opening ourselves up, and being vulnerable and asking for 
people to help us in some capacity to give us a to watch our kids for a little bit or to um you know help us with dinner one night a week or you know whatever it is um I think we're letting people into our lives and it's, and it's kind of a humble position to put yourself in, I suppose, but you're right. It's not, it's a, you, you may feel like it's a burden, but actually it becomes a kind of blessing to the other person who's helping you um, that, that they can contribute. Yeah. And I think it's all you have to do is ask, like it's up to the other person to set their boundaries and let you know if they can do it or not, you know? Sure. And that's, I think that's hard for me is like, yeah, it's that feeling of burdening someone else. Like, I don't want to like, oh, like, I'm like, I know you're super busy or like, like, please say no if you can't do it. You know, like these, like you try to like qualify it and like recognize that like you're being like, you think you're being needy, but um, it's like, no, just be like, hey, like I could really use a hand this weekend. Do you have a couple hours? And then it's up to them to be like, no, I'm sorry. But like, how about the next weekend? Or like, exactly, you know, like. I I express my needs and you set your boundaries and then we know like yeah don't don't apologize for asking for help you know what I mean it's like yeah you're you're qualifying it exactly um yeah that's really good Alyssa the, the there's this other part I want to ask you about um kind of in relation to that that I found I I found doing research for this and it was it's from Einstein of all people uh, who has this quote that I'd never heard of before that I think is kind of amazing. Um, where he says only a life lived for others is a life worthwhile. Mm. And I wondered, um, I wonder for you, Alyssa and Tyler, don't worry, we're coming to you in a second. Uh, I wonder, you know, how, how has the act of asking for help kind of influenced how you see yourself and how you see other people? Does that make sense? Like, you seem like someone who's very comfortable in their vulnerability. Um, but has that changed maybe how you kind of live your life in a way? Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, I think I've, especially with the pandemic, I think I've just realized like how flawed this, like, maybe it's American, maybe there's other countries too, but like this, like individual, individualistic, like, you know, the American dream is a very like, in individualistic is that the right word um mindset it's like we're all just after our own our own success and we're all you know everyone's living farther from family these days like there's just been been these trends of you know families becoming more independent and self-sufficient but then when you don't have childcare and you know like there's I think there's all these examples over the past year where we realize how flawed that is. So I think I think we were already on that path of embracing, you know, getting help and you know wanting to pay that forward when when we were able. Um, and then to kind of like ha- you know have the pandemic just like pull the rug out from under us just when we're getting our footing and you know all that help is kind of impossible to get, you know, just because everyone's sort of stuck in their houses. I feel like um, it just brought to light even more that like we like we need community. Like it's it's like critical for people to, I don't know, to succeed in life and feel um, just content. I don't know. I'm not thinking of the right word, but um, is that answer your question yeah and and just feel like more connected right and that you're feeling i mean would you say like it's helped you feel like you have deeper relationships with folks like it feels like you have more of um i don't know if influence is the right word but it's it's just like more of an impact in other people's lives yeah i think it's it's like fulfilling yeah it's more fulfilling it's like it's realizing that we're doing life together like it's not like an um like we were meant to share the ups and the downs together. Like, and when, when one, when one family is struggling, the other people step in and figure out how to help them or or even just listen and just be like, your feelings are valid, you know? And, um, and then we take a turn and it's another, you know, like another families, like they, you know, they need us. So I think it just like has solidified that that's, 
that's where we need to invest our time and efforts is just like in the the people around us um just supporting each other and lifting each other up and or just at least like holding each other's hands when you know stuff gets real bad yeah absolutely well speaking of hands um <laughs> oh Tyler, I want to talk about your lesson um, about lending a hand. And there, there's, you know, I, I promise this will be the last quote for a while, but there's this Emerson quote that I think ties together Alyssa's lesson of, of to ask for help and, and your lesson to lend a hand. And Emerson says that um, no man can sincerely try to help one another without helping himself. And I, I think what he he's implying is is that there's the kind of beauty behind the two lessons that we're talking about that you know Alyssa, i think you said this when we were preparing that it's almost they're two sides of the same coin mm -hmm. and on one side you can ask for help and on the other side you can lend a hand uh so tyler i wondered if if you could talk about how lending a hand is kind of played out in your life and where you have invested in helping others and found them doing the same for you. Yeah, I mean, I think, like Alyssa just pointed out, we've certainly realized now, but I think I've always been the kind of person that wants to invest in friends. Mm. And you know, your friends eventually become your community. Or they can, I guess, if you're a good enough friend. And I'm just thankful that, that I have, good enough friends and I guess I was like good enough to those friends that when I was basically confined to a hospital bed I had my dearest friends like coming into the ICU to spend time with my wife mm. those same friends are members of the same group of friends who are coming to my house to pick my son up for daycare and then dropping him off after daycare mm. you know I had friends setting up spreadsheets to determine who was going to come to visitation and who was gonna bring a meal to the house. Mm. You know, which friend was gonna drop off my shampoo to the hospital. Mm. That was you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to invest in friendships and I feel like that, like Alyssa mentioned, it kind of like, it's a cyclic nature, it's just like, if you invest in friendships and your friends invest in friendships, it's, you're basically just sustaining a beautiful life of friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Well, I think the other thing, Tyler, I've seen you do that is amazing. And, and I think you said it perfectly there that you that you are someone who does not invest in the kind of same things that a lot of people do it's not the professional ambition or these kind of accolades but the thing that's the most important to you that i think is the most important thing about you is how you invest in people and especially your friends and the way um i often see you lending a hand is just by being consistent like being there being checking in on people uh praying for people if they need it uh you know, just asking and kind of constantly communicating uh, with people and just letting them know that you're thinking about them. Uh, it's kind of a, a really beautiful way that you do that. Um, so keep that up. I think that's really special about you. Oh, thanks. Uh, I'm trying. Um, but the, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Tyler, was, um, you know, when you when you suffered your stroke, I, I think something quite beautiful was revealed and you guys have talked about this power of community uh, around you but I, I wondered if you could talk a little bit further about you know how how that community and that idea of community has kind of helped you lend a hand to others does that make sense like how how have you kind of you talked about this cycle um the cyclical nature of of asking for help and giving help, asking and giving. Um, but how, how do you feel like, how do you feel like that contributes to, to a really successful community? Well, I think given that the bulk of our community was pretty much formed in 
the church here in Boston or around Boston. And I don't want to get too preachy with it, but I mean, I think, you know, forming, like asking and giving, you know, doing unto your neighbor, mm-hmm. doing unto others as you would have them do unto you. Like that type of language serves as the very foundation for a lot of successful communities, I think. Mm. You know, and I talk about the church here, but since we've met a lot of our close friends through the church, like we've found that a lot of people inherently behave that way. Mm. So that's when I do it more and more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say though it translates into other types of, you know, it doesn't it doesn't just need to be the church. I mean, I you know, I'm part of some moms groups that are just like just it's the same thing. It's like, you know, this is like a, a thousand women who are all, you know, all have babies within born within a year of each other and you know, a mom's going through a rough time and like we we never we haven't even ever met each other, but it's like we're, you know, we're donating to like a meal train or dropping off groceries or, um, you know, help trying to provide resources, get in touch with some doctor we know that, you know, might be able to shed light on something. So um, I think that we're noticing, I feel like a trend toward community is like um, finding it in different ways, you know, like as many people like steer away from the church. I'm just trying to show like, you know, like there's it can go and it can happen in all kinds of ways, you know, like, sure. Um, and I think that's, that's what I'm, that's what I think is really neat is like seeing the people need that. And if church isn't going to be it, there's other ways to find it, to find it. Um, and that's actually the church that we're involved with now. I feel like is kind of embracing that concept of like, just living like, for community, living for community and like, and serving and supporting the people in your neighborhood you know it's not a place mm-hmm. to go it's like the people that you're surrounded by so i think that that's mm-hmm. been really um influential in like our thinking through all of this for sure and another thing that's not like the church but you know a similar way of giving back not that we've given a ton to this but the fact that we started that um stroke survivor yeah. from Massachusetts, you know, people, stroke survivors raising kids. I don't even, have we told you about this, Ryan? No. So we, um, after I got out of the hospital, since I was having so much difficulty, like navigating life from parenthood with, parenthood with a toddler, parenthood with a toddler and just life from the hospital where I was like constantly under someone's supervision to being back in the house where Alyssa's like, you know, at work. Right. And I'd be at home for, you know, many hours of the day, like not with my son, of course, but, you know, navigating how to get back into this routine where I'm working and able to watch over my kid when he needs me, able to help out in the house when Alyssa needs. And we found that there wasn't really a good resource, at least that we found for stroke survivors who are also parents, Mm. parents at that. So we set out to form our own group and we've established this group called um, Massachusetts Stroke Survivors. Raising kids, Raising something kids. like that. We're, yeah, it's still, you know, in its infancy, <laughs> but. But the idea is there, yeah. Yeah, it's just sort of seeing a need for something and wanting to try to fill it. So at least, you know, even if just one other person out there feels like they're getting some more support um it feels like a win yeah a few people in that yeah organization that like is a part part of this broader community as well Mm -hmm. wow so it's not i stand corrected it's not just the church i was just speaking because like that's where i knew most of my close friends and when i moved to bar for sure sure well and i think i think what's i think what's really beautiful about that is that that's really the best part of social media is it yeah. Connecting people over a shared kind of purpose like that, whether it's stroke survival or motherhood or whatever it is, um, that's when it can be at its best. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. And and I do think I agree with you 100 percent that there is there is a kind of renewed interest in community in finding connectedness and 
And I, I think what you're saying is exactly right. I think for, for so long, it was like if you needed to lend a hand, it meant, well, I guess I better go pick up trash uh, along the highway or, you know, like it was a community service thing. But actually, maybe the best way you can start serving your community is sending a meal to somebody. And for, you know, $40, you have made someone's entire day easier. Yeah. And it's just like these small, like, kind of more acupunctural, like, <laughs> uh, signs of kindness, you know what I mean, that really make a huge difference. For sure. One thing that's been huge for us is doing like a weekly meal share with two other families. So we each pick a night um, and the person cooks food for all three families. And that means twice a week, we don't have to think, I don't have to think about meal planning, grocery shopping, cooking. I just go pick up dinner and bring it home and we eat it. Um, we've been doing that for months now. And it's just like, just like this constant, like community feel like we're all just helping each other out. Cause we all, we all have small kids and don't want to think about cooking every single night. Yeah. yeah. I love it. You know, on a smaller scale than that, since the weather's starting to get nicer here, just seeing neighbors out on the street and like just saying hi to someone is even like huge. Like you see a neighbor and they're like, hey, how are you doing? And yeah, yeah. how are you? <laughs> how are you? <laughs> it's a beautiful spring. <laughs> I knew there'd be an accent. Kind of <laughs> um, well, hey, so I, I have two more questions left and then I'll, I'll let you guys get out of here. And I always like to end it um with like really practical advice and you guys have touched on a couple of these things but Alyssa from your perspective um I just wondered if you could if you could give some advice to some folks who um who struggle to ask for help and you know maybe they they don't want to be vulnerable they don't want to appear somehow enable um but what what would you say to those folks to help them become better um at asking for help I mean, you just have to start. You just have to find someone you feel the most comfortable with and just ask for something small or ask, you know, come over for an hour so I can take a nap while my newborn is, you know, needs to be bounced or, um, yeah, just something little. Um, and I feel like once you get over that initial sort of anxiety-induced requests you'll realize that like people are going to jump on and be like oh my gosh of course like i i've been wanting to help you but i just didn't know what was going to be you know helpful to you so right um i think i you know i sort of said this before but like all you need to do is ask you don't need to worry about like they'll they'll deal with what they can handle they can deal right. with boundaries you've clearly reached your limit and like there's no there's no harm in asking. Um, these people love you and they want to do, they want to help, help you feel better. Mm. Help, help take the load off, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's really good. Sorry, I'm taking notes as you're talking. Mm -hmm. um, and, and Tyler, for you, um, I, I wondered, you know, especially during this pandemic season and you know, we're all, um, you know, just trying to get through it and trying to find, uh, you know, we're, we're finding more and more hope each day, it seems. But how, how would you say, you know, for those who are struggling to, you know, maybe get beyond themselves, like they're just trying to, they feel like they're so, they're dealing with their working from home all the time. They don't really feel like they have any capacity to help someone else. But, but how would you, what advice would you give to those folks that, you know, how to start prioritizing kind of an attitude of lending a hand? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard, I guess, but I think it doesn't have to be as hard as you think it may be. Hmm. Just, I mean, it just starts with just listening even. Yeah. Like listening with interest. And I said it before, but just being a loyal friend, mm. like checking in on people. If you know someone's got a doctor appointment, call them and see how it went. Shoot yeah. them a text. Like that takes no effort at all. Just shoot them a text. Yeah. Unless they hate texting and then <laughs> give them a call. <laughs> then call them on a phone. Uh, imagine that. 
No, I, I love that, Tyler, that it's, I love that idea that it's, it's about listening with interest. It's about being loyal. It's about checking in and being aware of other people. I think it's also important to realize, like, we're not, like, I don't feel like I'm that good at that right now. You know, yeah, I mean, like, yeah. we're, actually, like, the point is not, like, you, like, there are never enough hours in the day, like, right. and so, I think it's also important to realize if you ask for help and someone can't do it, like I can relate to that too, you know, like, sure. I, I can't keep track of all of my friends who are trying to, trying to get married and having babies these days. Like it's, it's like, you know, I'm, I can't keep up with it all, but I think to Tyler's point, you know, if you have a couple of minutes, just think of someone who, you know, is dealing with something or has an appointment and just be like, Hey, just thinking of you, you know, I think part of lending a hand doesn't mean like finding a solution or like fixing your person, like your friend's problems. I think sometimes it's just validating their feelings. Yeah. Yes. Literally just like, wow, that sounds awful. Like, I mean, cause I feel definitely incapable of fixing people's problems right now. Right. So for me, it's much more helping mental and feel... spiritual than it is physical. Yeah. Just yeah. helping them feel so alone. Just yeah, being there for people if, and not even like there physically, but being like, a confidant if they need a confidant yeah. yeah supportive yeah being being available being an advocate yeah yeah well said well i wanted to um well thank you both for that those were that was really good um and i knew this would be good um so i i'd like to close with a little benediction so if you don't mind if i just read this quickly and then um i'll let you guys get out of here okay um but I just wanted one last quote. I love quotes. This this is from um, this author and blogger named Megan Harper Nichols. And she is really, really special. Um, so follow her on Instagram, but she's really, really good. But she, um, you know, just like your lessons are so simple and so powerful and beautiful all at the same time, she, she kind of writes with a very kind of matter of fact and beautiful way. Um, and she wrote this thing that I thought, dovetailed really nicely with what we've been talking about today. She said this, um, you are worthy of love and support right here as you are. Not everything will be easy and also not everything will be hard. Surprising new connections can form in the future and also right here where you are. And I just love that because it it's like, not only are we all worthy of love and support of other people um and if if we can just like open ourselves up to other people to to help us it i think we will be amazed at how people will show up you know what mm -hmm. i mean yeah true and on the other side of that is that not only to to ask for help but on the other side of that is that when we kind of reach out and lend a hand we we don't know the kind of connection we will make you know in the future or maybe someone we connect with from our past but but i think what it does is it really illuminates like how capable we are to to help in kind of amazing ways here in the present does that make sense yeah for sure retweet 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 <laughs> well that's that's the end of this uh <laughs> we'll end with the retweet um <laughs> but thank you both uh what a what a really beautiful conversation and really helpful and important uh reminders from both of you so thank you for for sharing that and thank you for teaching us how we can live better together thank you for having us this is great you guys, you guys were great thanks a lot thank you thank you What a refreshing and honest conversation with Tyler and Alyssa. I loved having two people as guests. It is just a, a whole new dynamic and we'll be sure to do that again. But I hope, I hope you found that their interwoven lessons of asking for help and lending a hand to create a really beautiful picture of what it is to, to live life well, a beautiful cycle for living. What I love about Tyler and Alyssa is that their circumstance has not prevented them from helping others 
in fact, quite the opposite. It's, it's amplified it in a way. And I hope their story served as evidence of what is possible when we live into this kind of intentional community, a biblical concept that is seeming to find new light and new traction. Because I think we all need now more than ever to feel connected. And as Einstein said, that this connection leads to a worthwhile life. But I wanted to underscore a few key points that they made tonight, just for you to think about this week. Number one, asking for help specifically allows for other people to bless you. And I think when Alyssa mentioned that when you give someone an opportunity to help you out more often than not, folks will lovingly and certainly step into that space. Number two, Tyler talked about investing in your friends. To be loyal and supportive, and I love when he said, to listen with interest. And number three, and maybe that ties everything together for for the lessons for today, is is to be willing to open yourself up, not only to ask for help, but to look for ways to help those in need. And I thought they gave a great list of things that you can do, um, small things that are just as thoughtful and just as meaningful. Um, So give those things some thought, maybe that that stirs something in you that maybe illuminates a new way uh, that you might relate to those people around you this week. Because I think if we can start to look at our friends and our family in this way, I think we will find the truest and most beautiful picture of what a community could really become. Where asking and lending work seamlessly together to create a full and meaningful life. Thank you again for joining us on the show. We'll be back in two weeks with our final guest of season one, someone who knows me better than anyone else. We'll have more wisdom to share, and we look forward to seeing you then. This is the Everything is Lessons podcast.